Geeks. Geeks. Welcome to Geeks, the number one podcast recorded here live in Los Feliz in Los Angeles. I'm your host, Alexander Chard, and today joining me is the bicentennial man, Nathan Hertz. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Our vast audience of geeks, fans, playboys, playgirls. <laughs> Play people. Let's play a game. <laughs> uh, yeah, Getting we, off to a weird start here. Yeah, it's, I think it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, appropriate start. Because today, uh, Nate and I are just having a two-way. Mm. Uh, because the rest of the gang is unavailable. Or traveling acro- or traversing across the USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, our leader, Al White, and his right-hand man, Tanro Ishida, are in Colorado right now. Is that right, Nate? I believe they are. Location scouting for uh, Tesla's upcoming feature film, Starfish, which you are working on. Indubitably. Exactly. Uh, you can check out the uh, Starfish Diaries on uh, the YouTube. On the YouTube, on the We Are Tesla page. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like the videos, leave comments, all that jazz, but we'll get to that at the end. Um, so yeah, Al and Tanro are... Uh, Closing in on LA, and they'll be back here soon, where we'll have a big podcast extravaganza where the whole gang gets back together and gives each other high fives and... Handies. <laughs> I should take this opportunity to mention that today's episode is sponsored by Stamps.com. Just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. We're no. still broke. If you're a sponsor looking yeah. to sponsor us, sponsor us individually, not through the podcast. Not through the podcast, because this is a sponsorless podcast, but individually... Sponsored. Sponsored. <laughs> Sponsored. <laughs> yes. So, Nate. Yes. How Alex. have you been? Good, man. Yeah. I noticed something different about you, Nate. Is it my bulging red eyes? <laughs> They're bleeding. <laughs> I uh, recently, uh, I know what you're getting at. I recently under, underwent LASIK eye surgery. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I uh, went, went in for a consultation on Tuesday. And uh, because I'm a Hertz, <clears throat> by the way, happy Rosh Hashanah. I negotiated a price for each eye individually, and uh, one of the conditions was I had to get it the following Friday with uh, very little time to prepare. I sat in the chair. The doctor whispered sweet nothings. You're doing great, Nathan. You're doing great. Just look at that red light. Look mm-hmm. at that red light, Nathan. Stay very still. Oh. Stay. Don't. You're twitching move. a little bit? I was panicking. I was yeah. breathing. My breathing came. Try not to breathe through your mouth, Nathan. Try to breathe through your nose. For the love of God, pull up your pants. <laughs> Doctor, why are you touching me that way? And zip zap, fifteen minutes later, I have better than twenty twenty vision. It's incredible. Uh, when I when I arrived today here at Nate's, he opened the door and what did you say to me? He said, "I said, don't panic, don't panic." And his eyes were were wide open, and there was blood on the side, and I freaked out, and I thought he had something contagious, and I didn't want to touch him. <laughs> you did. You recoiled, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> I've got pink eye. Hug me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, nothing contagious. I took three Valium, sort of still recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know how long my eyes are going to be red. They're like these blotches of red. I mean, they, they cut off your cornea, laser inside, then put your cornea back on. <clears throat> I went in for the following day for a checkup. A piece of lint got stuck in my eye. What? I had to give it a good old squirt, a little <laughs> brush brush. And, uh, bada bing, bada boom. Now he, you can uh, see through walls. You said you could see through my clothes. Yeah. Um, I saw your, your third nipple. Yeah, exactly. You did. 
It's lower than the other ones. <laughs> lower to the left and slightly darker. <laughs> yeah, but he saw it. I saw, yeah. What else have you been up to today? Uh, just finished shooting a film in uh, Joshua Tree. Um, Josh Lee directed. Um, it's called Crater. It's pretty cool. Um, been doing a lot of writing. Exciting. Um, yeah, writing, uh, trying to sell a TV show, um, which... Uh, you know, we're getting some progress on, but it's difficult. turns out it's a bit tricky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and it, and it takes time, but we're working at it. And so you're saying you can't just go to a farmer's market, set up a stall and sell, sell a script. Actually, dude, it's, it's kind of a genius idea because, like, you could go to the Hollywood farmer's market. You get a lot of people in the there industry you go. there. There you go. Instead of fresh, delicious produce, it's just like... <laughs> Thick wads of paper. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh out of the printer. This yeah. is a new script. <laughs> new script. There's a romance, everybody. Fresh romance. <laughs> so, anyway. Cool. Well, if you need a, a, a stall attendant uh-huh. to help you sell your uh, fresh scripts. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I can yeah. do that for yeah. you. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, cool. How about you, man? What's the latest? What's happening? Uh, well, this weekend, I shot a short film. I, I was... Uh, a friend of my wife, Bethany, um, Bex Finch, is doing her film masters at USC. Oh, cool. Um, and she's got her first semester project and asked if I could come along and act in it. And um, yeah, I did. Had fun. So what are those USC projects like? I mean, what kind of level is it at? Um, well, this is their first semester project. Uh-huh. Um, so they, I think they each had to... Uh, write like a five-minute piece. Mm-hmm. There could be no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the students get split up into groups. So Bex was in group A, so she got to direct her as the first week. Mm-hmm. And they all collaborate and work with each other on their projects. Cool. Um, yeah, and it was great. There's some of the the clips that I saw of, of what we had done looked really beautiful. She's, she's, uh, she's a really talented photographer and has now moved into film. So, she, yeah, she has a real real natural eye for for a beautiful frame cool, um, cool so it was really exciting that's fun really exciting was that just one day that was a uh, saturday and sunday okay um but yeah really interesting uh, group of people everyone sort of had very diverse backgrounds um as far as what brought them into film and to this program and yeah they know their shit and they're gonna do really awesome, well i think dude. so it was exciting to kind of to contribute in a way and it was really nice being um Working with a small crew, I haven't done yeah. that in a while, and that's there's something really nice about that, and uh, it feels a little more collaborative, and there's like just a real creative energy because there's less sort of just here to do my job. Yeah, of, yeah. there's less of that, and there's less kind of uh, pressure that's that comes from you know higher ups, and yeah, there's like n- not a huge budget on the line and right, right, all right. that kind of stuff. So, totally. So it was awesome. nice. It was really friendly. So yeah, did that. Other than that, just a few auditions here and there. And uh, yeah, just plugging away. Plugging away, man. Moving forward. Moving Doing forward. Thing. Doing my thing. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, that's exciting. So now moving on to a segment that we like to call Nate's Blowdown. Let's hope this blowdown goes better than last week's blowdown. <laughs> so, Nate, you're going to start us off with the uh, movie and TV news. What's going on? Adam Reed, the writer and executive of Archer, says he plans to wrap up FX's popular animated series with season 10. The plan is to end Archer after season 10. 
Reed said on a recent episode <laughs> of the Modern School of Films Murmur podcast, which, to be honest, there's no real reason to listen to that podcast. Yeah. You could listen to uh, <coughs> our podcast. Especially because of the caliber of guests we get on our podcast. Right. You know. Tanro Ishida. Yeah. Tanro Ishida. <laughs> Reed went on to reaffirm that the final three seasons will be a bit shorter, with each spanning just eight episodes. He said he also said season eight through ten will not only be pretty different than the previous seven, but also different from each other. With regard to wrapping up the beloved show while it's still incredibly incredibly popular, Reed said, "I do think that things can go on too long, and instead Agreed. of continuing, yes, and continuing Archer simply because there's still money to be made, maybe those creative energies could be." better used coming up with something new rather than continuing with the same thing so how do you feel about this are you an archer fan Uh, i am actually but i haven't watched i mean i watched the first couple of seasons um and then the narrative slightly deviated when they became i don't i mean i don't know if i should spoil it if people haven't seen it anyway the narrative slightly deviates from from where it began Uh um and kind of lost me a bit, so I I stopped watching it. But I loved the the first couple of seasons; were great, really funny. Yeah. Um, how yeah, about yeah. you? I've seen like episodes. I haven't watched it like, like I haven't played it and just sort of watched a season, you know, like yeah, through. Yeah. But um, definitely a funny show. Yeah. Um, Say some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, it gets out there. <laughs> um, but totally agree with his point. Like, there's so many shows that just overrun their yeah. run past their due date. So that's a brave move and with the nice. exception of the simpsons right which has gone past its due date like three times <laughs> and yeah it's now becoming a kind of delicious cheese yeah, like yeah over-molded. i think that's like the longest running show in it television is. history right yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah i think that's a really good analogy it's a delicious stinky cheese <laughs> stinky stinky and frequently <laughs> inedible cheese <laughs> Warwick Davis began his acting career as Wicket the Ewok in Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. He also made a cameo at the uh, pod racing arena in Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Sorry to interrupt you, but it was just a slow day on the news. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, what are you saying about Warwick Davis? I love him and I'm a Star Wars nerd, so I may have just slipped this one in for my (laughs) own sake. Well, sit back, relax. <laughs> this one's all for you. The Phantom uh, Star Wars Phantom Menace. Then he returned to um, galax- a galaxy far, far away again with a role as the alien Wolvian. What? In Maz Katan's uh, can- Cantina. Is that what that says? When yep. the series made a comeback with Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Oh, I see what you're saying. He will also appear in this year's release, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Oh, all right, Davis. He is the Star Wars man. And now we have confirmation that fans will see Warwick Davis in Star Wars Episode Eight. No way. Warwick Davis recently appeared in the first interview on Australian television. And while most of the discussions revolved around his reaction to J.J. Abrams' work on Star Wars The Force Awakens, he will uh, he uh, he was quickly asked about whether or not he would have a role in Star Wars Episode Eight, And he said, <laughs> I do. Yes. That's all I can say. <laughs> Let me see your tax return, Warwick Davis. <laughs> I want to see your tax return. <laughs> yes. Wow, this is a little uh, yes. wonderful tidbit. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, he uh, he's gonna be in it. Let me see. But that's your all tax- I could say. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in it. Somehow we've managed to talk about that for three minutes, or however long it's been. 
Shall we move on, or is there? <laughs> did you want to get into uh, Warwick Davis? Uh, what is he? Uh, American born? You know, he's English. Oh, he's English. Um, he played where? I mean, Ewok? let's get specific here. Uh, uh, Central. London? I'm going to say because his name's Warwick Warwickshire. Oh, fair enough. Good point. Yeah, like probably not. Um, he has been in a lot of films. He was in the Harry Potter series. Oh, who is he? He's oh. a small person. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he well, was in the, the um, PC term for that. Small little person. Little person. Yeah. 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 Was he the uh, the uh, he worked at the uh, the bank? Uh, the I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, he was also in the Labyrinth. He's been in like a ton of films, particularly fantasy and sci-fi films. Wonder why. <laughs> Warner Brothers has announced that every single film in the Harry Potter franchise, speaking of, will be coming to IMAX locations in the United States for one week only, from October 14th, following the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them fan event on October 13th. IMAX will allow fans to buy a single ticket to a single film, a day access ticket, which will allow admittance to three or more shows in a single ejaculatory day. <laughs> a four-show access ticket will allow admittance to four shows at any time on any day oh God. or a festival access ticket, that w- which allows unlimited attendance Torture. through the entire week. Woo! Oh, my God. That's a lot of hairy. That is a lot. You Potter. a fan of the uh, the uh, the old Potterman? I think there Books, was one films? film that I remember liking. I get right. kind of sick when I watch those movies of that same like jingle. Right. It's like, like, like that the same. same music. Yeah, the theme. Like, but not just the theme. It's like everything is like boy discovering magic over and over. Right. And over. Okay. Seriously. Um, and uh, I mean, I love Harry Potter. I mean, I love the book. I'm not. I'm not saying that I hated the movies mm-hmm. and I wouldn't watch them. Like a freaking addict yeah. watch a thing but it's yeah i felt like they could have been better somehow i don't know yeah big call yeah what do you think are you a fan i am a fan i really enjoyed them i thought the books were great um the thing i liked about the movies is they they felt really honest to the books they did that's true um they felt like they they really stuck to the content of the books which was which was nice um i think they could have been longer Honestly, that was my like issue with the movies. For real? Yeah, like I, but it's that's like my thing. Like right. I feel like I like long. Like if you're gonna take a big, you know, epic fantasy world, mm-hmm. like you want to take your time with it. I think right. And, like, okay. Enjoy the details of it that the books enjoy. Yeah, yeah. You know, but what do you think? Do you disagree? A little bit, only because when you look at the books, they. They also get longer as they. I, I felt like the books evolved with the target age of each book. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the first one, Harry's like in sixth grade or seventh grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, starts off as like a twelve-year-old, mm-hmm. and I feel like it was very much targeted at that demographic. Yeah, and it sure. matured as, as, as they yeah. progressed and as the characters progressed and as their audience progressed. I see. So I feel that in some ways the 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 films honored that as well but not in obviously mm. not in a sense that like the first film was half an hour and the last one was three, actually that's but, a good point because like yeah like the, the last two are like more gritty yeah and like kind of and then split into two films i think right oh um, that's true they did that see yeah. but i think that should have just been one film one like, right. long film yeah yeah i don't know I or that. that each book should have been split i don't know whatever okay you gonna mm. go see any of these on this re-release no neither am i no 
Why would I do that? Yeah. Who, who, I might see the uh, the magical beasts and where to find them, whatever it's called. Yeah, I might. Yeah, yeah it looks fun. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite thing when I think about I can't think about the anything other than the guy dying in his Tesla now, watching Harry Potter. Have you heard about this? No. What? The first person who died in a self-driving car was watching Harry Potter. Was he And really? took his hands off the wheel because he was like so captivated by the movie and then died. <laughs> So, like, literally, I can't imagine Harry Potter except for, like, playing on an iPad in, like, a Tesla, like, yeah. on a rainy, like, windy road. And a man is being so excited. <laughs> yeah. Hands are off. Yeah. And he died. Wow. I yeah. don't know. I remember hearing the Tesla story. I didn't... Didn't know it was Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. It will kill you. The first teaser trailer for the fifth installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? Franchise. <laughs> Dead Man. <laughs> Tell No Tales. Debuted on Sunday during AMC's Fear of the Walking Dead Season 2 finale. Though Jack Sparrow did not appear in the first footage of Disney's upcoming sequel, his presence was certainly felt. Oh, it was. In the first look, Captain Salazar, played by Javier Bardem, finds a wanted poster for Sparrow and asks Brenton Thwaites' character Straighty. if he knows the famous pirate. Only by name, he replies. Find Sparrow for me oh. and relay a message from Captain Salazar. Tell him. Death comes straight from him. Oh my god! For him, for him! I oh, fucked it up. Doesn't matter. Salazar says. I still felt like I was watching the teaser Did trailer. You? Oh, oh, that's. Oh wow. My palms are sweaty. Yeah, my palms are always sweaty. The movie's directed <laughs> by. Me too. Damn it, Joe Chim Runin. I'm Ronning. Ron. Joachim Ronning. Joachim. Yeah. I think it's like Scandinavian. Yeah, Espen Sandberg, and also stars Orla Orlando Bloom. KS, uh, KS Golderio and uh, Paul McCartney. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales will be released on May 26, 2017. I haven't seen any of those films. You haven't seen a single one? <laughs> no. Oh, the first one was captivating. <laughs> For real? Yeah. The first one was fun. Yeah. Yeah. In like a and then Disney ride really kind of way. Sinks after that? Yeah. I mean, the following films were so bad. Like, it's amazing to me that it even like continued as a franchise, I guess, but. I guess it's still making They're a ton of money. Highly profitable, yeah. Yeah, I remember reading something about what Johnny Depp has earned over his pirates run. Yeah, like something in the high hundreds of millions, Ooh. maybe. Lucky. Something like that. It's nice. I'd check it, but I'm not going to. No, I'm dumb. Probably a billion dollars. Ben Affleck has revealed the title for his upcoming solo Batman movie, or at least its title for now. <laughs> During his interview with the Associated Press about the accountant, Affleck confirmed he plans on calling his movie simply The Batman. Right. At least that's what we're going with now, Affleck said after revealing the title. I might change it, he added. We're working on the script. The script is going well. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> Affleck continued refraining from offering more details. <laughs> Batman is also the title of one of the Dark Knight's various animated series. There's still no official date set for the film, but Time Warner's CEO Jeff, uh, oh, fuck it, Bukes, thinks the movie is a year and a half out. Affleck, who will be directing, co-writing, and starring in the film, recently teased that Deathstroke will be the main villain with Joe Mangi uh, Manganiello. Fuck it! Sorry about all these names, man. Starring as the character. You're welcome. For embarrassing myself in front of you, everybody. That I'm excited about. The Batman. Yeah. I like the name. 
I think Ben Affleck's Batman from as he played him in Batman vs Superman was the best thing about that film. Hmm. Batman is the only interesting character. I'm going to say it in the DC universe. Damn. Ooh. He's the only one I care about. A lot That's of sphincters around <laughs> around their their speakers have tightened. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, he's the only one I care about. He's my favorite character. I um, Although the new Wonder Woman film looks awesome, so I can't wait to see that. But that's exciting news. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said. I like The Green Lantern, but it was just, you know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like the movie, The Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. But I liked the the comic books. Right. So there we are. Would you ever make a comic book film? Oh, dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah? yeah. Who would be your... Who, who, if you could pick any comic character... To make a film mm-hmm. of who would it be? Oh, the Green Lantern. It would be the Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. I loved the Green Lantern because he's like the improviser. Yeah, it's like why make a mass of green when you could like make a grand piano that there falls. So I do like a Green Lantern comedy, like action comedy. Yeah, okay, That'd be good, right? Anyone here? Uh, well, let's pitch this at the uh, farmers market as well. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you can check out our stall at the farmers market called <laughs> Organic Ideas. Organic Ideas at Scripps, uh, Hollywood <laughs> Farmers Market. Uh, this Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we'll be there peddling our wares. The Walking Dead, mentioned earlier, returns to AMC on October twenty third, and Robert Kirkman has had some interesting things to say about the ending of both the television and the comic book. Guesting on the Geeking Out, Kirkman addressed a rumor about wanting to end the comic series at the same time the TV series wraps up. I hope the show ends and the comic keeps going, Kirkman says, uh, of the image comic he created with artists Tony Moore. The comic was the comic the comic was the comic before the show, and so I try to maintain that. The comic was the comic. The comic was the comic before the show. <laughs> so I try to maintain that. Like I sh- like, I know how I want to end The Walking Dead, and so I can't tell anyone because I don't want it on the show before I get it in my comic. So it's tough. It's tough. Okay, Kirkman. Thank you for that. Kirkman is getting close again to uh, comments he made and later apologized for about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series and how he feeds information to the producers on HBO's Game of Thrones. That's the one thing I'm disappointed in George R. R. Martin for doing, he said. He should have just been like, fuck you. <laughs> you make it up now. I'll get to mine when I'm ready. There you go. Fuck you, HBO, for popularizing my... <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I just <laughs> spat all over you. That was a spray. Oh, thank you, Nate. I'll, I won't wash that arm ever again. Sorry. That was beautiful. I'm embarrassed. No, don't be embarrassed. Well, I just hate it when people do that to me, so I can imagine how you feel. Probably... Full of hatred. Slightly aroused. Good. <laughs> if the show, The Walking Dead, were ever to ever end, ever at any point, and the comic was still going, I would still have to sit down with Scott Gimbel and pretend I have no idea how to end it, he said, and then work with him to try and come up with a new ending. Yeah. So, I don't know. I completely disagree with Kirkman here. I mean, I think that there should be an end. A real definitive end. But, to a franchise that's both a fucking show and a fucking comic. But should they then therefore have the same ending? They should have the same ending. Right. I think that they should have the same ending. So if he, so you feel that if he hasn't come up with an ending for the comics, which the show is sort of deviated away from now, if he hasn't come up with an end for the comics yet and the show is going to be wrapped up and he comes up with an end for the TV show, 
he naturally has to do you feel he has to put that ending into the comic books or vice versa i mean i think that like obviously already with that show there's been a lot of creative flexing yeah and i think that you can have one end and two ends okay like there could be an end of a certain plot line Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean the world is ending or like the whole thing is wrapped up with the bow on it yeah um but i do think that there should be some kind of logic to the story like if you're saying this is a story that was made into both a comic book and a tv show then like that story has to be a fucking story not like a amalgamous kind of that's why that's why i loved what george r r martin did yeah because he's gonna die yet he knows how maybe he wants to end the show and he's like making the story the story Mm-hmm. whether it's in you know whether it's in his books or on the show which we're getting to yeah i see what you mean there yeah that makes sense in what the fact think? that like well i mean yeah just the way that you put it then i completely get you know the sort of artistic choice of still find like having regardless of what medium it is whether it's on television or in writing finding a natural choosing a conclusion to yeah. that narrative regardless of the medium and i completely understand and which, by the way, should have already been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's not, it's like, it kind of irritates me. Yeah. When it's like, it's sort of like the uh, the lost scenario mm-hmm. where it's like they don't, there's no end because it's not a real fucking story. Yeah. It's just a fucking, it's a bunch of questions and a lot of entry and a lot of cliffhangers without mm-hmm. actually, it's not a fucking story. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, when did it become okay to like be like, Oh shit! We oh, it's got to end. Well, we my, gotta think of a, an end for this. My counter to to that also, w- specifically with The Walking Dead, though, is that I feel that because they've kind of the comic uh, and the TV show, although have, they they started in the same place, are going down their own paths now. Mm-hmm. As a fan of both, I would accept two separate conclusions. You would, yeah, but because because I I look at the separately as now. completely different. Yeah, yeah that that the walking dead tv show is not in fact even within the same universe as the, the comic com- so they started at well then yeah that's, even though that's that they totally started valid, with the same place yeah, i think that's a completely valid um valid thing but i think that that's the reason why i can't watch the walking dead show right because it's just like it's like i know they don't know where it's going yeah yeah like you can feel that right mm. like at the beginning you kind of thought oh maybe there's some fucking logic to this yeah like maybe there's actually they'll get somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's interesting. I, mean, I don't. I there's a kind of hopelessness. I I've never thought of that. Like I, I kind of straight away. I thought the last season was great. I thought it really picked up again. The one before that, or the couple before that, it sort of. I don't know. I felt like it lost a bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. But the the sort of certainly the last half of this last season, it picked up again. And and I haven't had thoughts of like yeah where is it sort of going it didn't it hasn't felt too aimless for me oh that's cool because because I guess it's a show where you're so heavily invested in the characters that it doesn't that it is yeah. just a continual thing shit, of yeah. survival and yeah. a shit show and that's that it's like cool. that that humans suck like that it's not about even the zombies anymore it's just like how shit can these people be in <laughs> shit times. To each other and like, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I think that is actually kind of interesting. I think that's yeah. kind of cool. I kind of dig that. I can get yeah. on board. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. Well, that's all the news I have. Well, thank you, Nay. Well done. You 
powered through it. Um, yeah. And thank you for reading that wonderful little story about Warwick Davis and his particip- participation in the next Star Wars film. That was uh, very uh, newsworthy. It <laughs> really was. <laughs> so now, <laughs> continuing Nate's Blowdown, I will share some game news. Uh, I don't have too many pieces today, but uh, here we go. So, number one, head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has addressed the price of its upcoming console codenamed Project Scorpio after fears it will be priced far above that of a typical console. Hmm. In an interview with NZ Gamer, uh, Spencer said Microsoft designed the Xbox Xbox One S, which has just been released, the slim version, uh, and Scorpio in parallel and thought about the price performance of what we wanted to hit with the Scorpio relative to what we were going to be able to do with the S. As such, Microsoft aims to offer the consumer a good price continuum so people wouldn't look at these two things as so disconnected because of the price delta. Uh, He went on to say that he thinks Xbox Scorpio will feel like it's a premium product and a premium console and not something, anything more than that. (laughs) Uh, Did I accidentally delete a bit of that? Anyway. Uh, So following Sony's announcement last month of the PS4 Pro, Microsoft have reaffirmed its confidence in Xbox Scorpio being the most powerful console ever. When Ex- it launches except for computers. Next yeah, it's, year. It's, except a con- it's a console. Yeah, yeah, So that'll be interesting. And it's interesting that they've felt like they've had to come out and say that it's going to be within a reasonable price bracket. I mean, yeah. I don't understand the point, but I guess if people are like, well, it's a new crazy console, it's going to be crazy expensive. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, this bit of news is actually a few days old. Uh, so people may have read this already or heard about it. Um, but I thought it was interesting just to bring up. Uh, the Advertising Standards Authority in the UK has confirmed that it has launched an investigation into No Man's Sky, which we have talked about a bit on here. Um, and I know Al has on a couple of the podcasts that he's done as well. Interesting. Uh, the Watchdog launched its investigation after receiving several complaints about No Man's Sky's advertising. The investigation revolves around uh, its Steam store page, where, which includes assets some believe misrepresent the controversial space game. Um, so, the, okay. So the ASA has contacted both Hello Games and Valve and asked them to respond to a raft of questions relating to No Man's Sky's advertisements. Complaints center around screenshots and videos that feature more advanced animal behavior, large-scale combat, and ship-flying behavior uh, than ended up in the launch version of the game. Complainants also say screenshots misrepresent the graphical quality of the game. Ooh. So this game was obviously one of the most hyped games of this year. Um and then rapidly in its first week, one of the most downloaded. Disab- yeah. But then I think within a very, very short amount of time, saw one of the biggest drop-offs yeah. as far as sales after such like crazy um, I mean, sales to start. It looked incredibly boring. And that's sort of how it's turned out to be. Yeah. I, I probably played, I don't know, about five or six hours, maybe a bit more. Uh-huh. Maybe closer to 10. Um. And there was a real repetition in the game. Um, would I go as far as saying that I felt like the commercials and the videos misrepresented what's in the game? You wouldn't go that far, or would you? I, well, I'm asking, would I go that far? Well, I'm, I'm not, asking I'm not too. Sh- yeah, I'm not <laughs> sh- um, slightly, but not in a way where I feel deceived as a consumer. Because this is like the <laughs> thing for me. Like, yeah. Where do you draw the line in this kind of case? Because yeah. 
because haven't as every campaign for every game been like massively overhyped and like like uh, evolve that's a good example of yeah a game which like looked i guess it kind of did deliver on everything it said it could do but uh i don't know it's well, a, it's, a, it's a tricky yeah. one for me because it's that idea of you know you you as a company you you and and with marketing departments you have to build up the hype of a game and surely you put out its best sort of assets and qualities. Yeah. But games are never necessarily going to live up to the, or always going to live up to the hype. And in this day and age with social media, where information and reviews from every man and woman can go out straight away. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess the point I'm trying to get to is like, where do you draw the line? Because people could be disappointed and complain about the game, but, are every developer is going to be questioned and sort of asked whether they have deceived their, their consumers? I think that, like, actually it's a good thing. I mean, I yeah. see it as, like, definitely a good thing. I think that, like, for, for too many times have I been, like, so hyped up about a game only to actually play the game to discover that it's, like, nowhere near yeah. what it claimed to be. Mm -hmm. And that's been a feature of gaming for a long time that's what's yeah. weird about this is that all of a sudden they're investigating right. maybe because it was so popular and so widely downloaded with such a huge drop off yeah that's the case but um so you think that dude, this I, I would have love a positive effect in the sense it'll push developers to really deliver on what they promise i think so because unlike movies like like games are actually like I don't know they're like sort of like benchmarks and they're yep. kind of like like real things that are technical things that are yeah, like promised yeah. in the interactive experience um that so frequently are like so glitchy like I don't know like so junky like mm -hmm. like even a game that was like super popular like that NBA game in Xbox or whatever it's like there yeah. are elements to that that's just so junky and shitty and you could tell like weren't it was just like splatted out and that's it's it. like I'd like to see things a little more crafted, a little more careful, even if it takes longer to release things. Like, I know what you mean. Because now also when you've got, when you can download patches and updates to games, it's almost like that gives them a bit of breathing space to be like, it's not quite probably 100% yeah. where we would get it to, but it's enough to, to release it. Um, but yeah, this it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, as a person that's played it, yes, I was completely disappointed. Um, I feel that it, it perhaps didn't offer what all the commercials showed. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt, but, but at the same time, I don't know if I've invested enough time in it to really get to that point where I'm like, okay, this definitely doesn't yeah. deliver anything. Yeah, yeah, any sure, sure, promises. sure. Okay. That's um, so, yeah. Okay. But it's a, it'll be interesting, interesting to see yeah. how it plays out because yeah, I, think, I think... What the Advertising Standards Authority then can do is if they find them uh, sort of guilty of this, this uh, of these complaints, um, is that they have to remove like all their current advertising that they've used um, off Steam and off uh, any sources that, that have published it. Mm. Um, and then beyond that, I can't remember. And yeah, I need to look into it. But you can read about that and I'm sure we'll be hearing more in the coming weeks. Okay. So, uh, moving on. Uh, Batman Arkham VR. Uh, new VR game coming out soon. According to Rocksteady brand marketing producer Dax Gin or Jin, 
Not sure. A single regular run-through of the game's story will take around an hour. The game aims to tell a highly focused murder mystery story, with players taking their place behind the famous cow. And we now know just how long that focus will last. So Jin said, the core narrative is about 60 minutes in duration. Um, however, additional content is unlocked that provides about another 90 minutes of gameplay on top of that. Uh, Jin says that the sheer level of detail included will provide plenty of reasons to play through the game multiple times in order to see everything that we have put into it. The game will be released alongside PlayStation VR on October 13 and will be priced at, um, well, I've only got it in pounds here, £15.99. Uh, the U.S. retail price is not confirmed yet. It'll probably be packaged with a lot of those new VR consoles, though, huh? Yeah. So, actually, while we're still on VR, we'll move on to the last bit of news, which is also VR news. Uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard's VR mode will be exclusive to Sony's um, PlayStation VR for 12 months, according to an advert spotted on Facebook. Um, as noted in a Reddit post, the small print at the bottom of the advert indicates it could be released for other VR platforms after a year. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard coming in 2017 and exclusive to PlayStation VR for 12 months, it reads. As of yet, Capcom has not officially announced Resident Evil 7's VR experience for any other platforms. Um, Resident Evil 7 is set to be released for PS4, Xbox One and PC on January 24, 2017. Um... And a deluxe version of it will be available for $89.99 and includes the game and a season pass with three extra story chapters. So, okay, VR, VR. VR question. Yeah. If you're wearing a VR heads, headset, mm -hmm. but you're nearsighted yeah. and you're looking at something in the distance of the VR, you could still see it clearly, right? Because the image is actually close to your eye. Yeah, and I think from memory, I don't know particularly about the PlayStation VR headset, but I think there's like things where you can actually adjust the the focal length yeah i'm pretty sure cool um yeah what are your thoughts on vr because personally i've been quite skeptical about it for a while after trying some um vr games at e3 last year ditto for me i was just like mm, i for me it, i don't know if it's the type of gaming experience that i would enjoy when i tried it i felt very um very vulnerable, I think, because you've got the headset on, you've got the earphones on. You don't yeah. really have a sense of what's around you in the real world. I mean, you do, but yeah. People I, always underestimate the real world comfort component. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that that's why, you know, like certainly, obviously, 3D movies are still around in a big way. But yeah. people were saying when Avatar came out that everything was going to be 3, 3D in a couple of years. And, um, you know, it's as simple as some people get nauseous. Yeah. And I think with VR, it's not just that some people get nauseous. It's that there'll be a whole a whole laundry list of, like, real-world things. Like, mm -hmm. people will fall. People will crick their necks. People will feel too vulnerable and isolated. Yeah. It's, like, just not a nice experience. And, like, yeah. and also having something freaking clamped to your face is, like, mm -hmm. way more evasive. I mean, invasive. Yeah. Then, you know, just like holding on to a remote or something. So I think for those reasons, VR is a passing fad. Yeah, that's uh, I, I feel very similar to you on that. I mean, I'm becoming this. There's, there's certain, you know, uh, games that are coming out, which I will admit uh, interests me a lot. There's like the Star Wars VR game, uh, the Paranormal Activity, Resident Evil. I think it's a real 
amazing context for horror games yeah because of those feelings totally. of vulnerability uh you know you're seeing the world around you i think it's an amazing tool for that but for me it would be something that i would enjoy just as an experience but not as an ongoing type of way to play games do you yeah. know does that make sense it like, does it does i mean i could see it being cool like like also like as an experience like you're suggesting like uh like land network vr game where it's like four people in the office are like walking yeah, through yeah. something and they're all actually sitting down on the couch yeah but like you know what i mean it's like i could see it being exactly like you're saying like like a novelty experience mm -hmm. i don't see it as like changing the, the of face gaming. of gaming yeah yeah it is although i think there's a lot of high-powered marketing execs who knows a lot who know a lot more than i do that would disagree but yeah we'll see i mean it's certainly vr certainly has applications in other fields which i think are very exciting um like in education um, surgery in science. Yeah, yeah exactly um but gaming i'm still not sure Anyway, that is the game news, and that concludes Nate's blowdown. And also Alex's blowdown. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nate, I was um, I was in the shower this morning. It frequently happens when you're in the shower, but go on. Yeah, I was in the shower, and uh, we don't really have a lot of hot water pressure at the moment. That's unfortunate, uh, yeah. I don't know if that's just because something's wrong with our plumbing, or if uh -huh. it's because of the, like, the work, the... Uh, LAWP or water, yeah, whatever. DWP, sure. That's it. Yeah, they're uh -huh. doing outside, which has been ongoing for a while. That's unfortunate. So, yeah. don't have a lot of hot water pressure. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. I was I was there lathered in soap. Uh -huh. Barely, you know, it was just, not even, just, just sliming down me. It was just That's running hot. down me. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, you know, in every nook and cranny. Sure. Um. And I was just there thinking, oh, I wish there was something I could do to fix this. What could you do? But yeah. financially, it's kind of impossible at the moment. You know, it's it's yeah. tough. You know, yeah, where are you going to turn? Where am I going to turn? So, despite being soapy and, and naked, I, I just I walked outside this time. <laughs> no, you didn't, Yeah, did I walked you? outside because oh I was God. fed up. Yeah. Enough uh, is enough. Enough is enough. And I walked out the front door, uh -huh. stood on the driveway. You're outside, bare yeah. naked, covered bare in naked, soap. Bare naked, covered in soap. What'd you do? And then I just looked up to the heavens and I screamed out Chris Pratt can, can you give me some money can you give me some money that only means one thing it's time for this week's movie and game releases so movie releases for this Friday the 7th of October uh, firstly coming out we've got The Girl on the Train which is about a divorcee who becomes entangled in a missing persons investigation that promises to send shockwaves throughout her life Directed by Tate Taylor, uh, written by Erin um, Cressida Wilson, um, and based on the novel by Paula Hawkins. It stars Haley Bennett, Emily Bunt, Blunt, and Justin Thoreau. Cool. Okay. Girl on the uh, Train. It's a drama. It's a, it sounds like yeah. a solid drama. Yeah, sounds like a solid drama. Someone was talking about it this weekend, but I can't remember, and I don't remember what it's about. And I didn't watch the trailer. Okay, moving on, because neither did I. Yep, so the next also coming out is The Birth of a Nation. Nate Turner, a literate slave and preacher in the antebellum South, orchestrates an uprising. Um, so, of course, this movie is controversial for a variety of for reasons. For a variety of reasons, yes. It's directed by Nate Parker, uh, written by him, based on a story by Gene McJohnny Celestine, stars Nate Parker, Army Hammer, and Mark Boom Jr., Yes, yeah, so controversial for a number of reasons. Do you want to get into a few of those, Nate? 
Well, there was the whole, of course, the the whole Nate Parker scandal. Yeah. Um, Where he was acquitted of rape. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, it brought up the whole issue of um, the role of sports on college campuses um, and sex, alcohol, abuse, race. Um, we're all uh, uh, a factor um, in this controversy. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of been following the film around. Right. Um I'm just like look, looking up some details about the case now. He was a student wrestler at Penn State, and this was like in the late uh, 1990s. Um, and he had a teammate um, who co-wrote Birth of the Nation, and they were both charged and tried for the rape of a white female classmate. Um, Parker and um, Parker claimed the sex was consensual. The accuser claimed that she was um, severely intoxicated and therefore could not consent. Parker was acquitted at trial while um, the woman who um, was um, claiming um, was found guilty. Later, his conviction was appealed and prosecutors dropped the case. I can't remember exactly what he said publicly, but he did make this kind of intense like public apology for his behavior, Mm -hmm. which in some ways implicated him more. But other people were saying was like... I mean, it, it's just like this really intense. And did not did the woman that accused him did she not commit suicide? Did she? I actually let me look at this. I think so. Um, let us quickly just check that because that's obviously like a big kind of statement to make. Um, she did. She did commit suicide. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously that controversy has been following this film around. Um. And actually, correction, uh, he also did not apologize. Right. But he made a statement which... Right. And he was just on 60 Minutes, so which I didn't see. So okay. you should check it out. It, it's this whole controversy. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not um, up Yeah, to date so on there's obviously that whole controversy. And then we've got a film here which is dealing with America's dark past and... Slavery. Yeah, it's supposed to be really fucking good too. Yeah, the, tra- really the trailer, good. the trailer looks amazing. It was like it, it was a big hit at Sundance, right? Mm, something like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely see it. Look into that. Uh, obviously, there's that story controversy following it, but you know, you you can all make your own judgments on that. Uh, moving on, uh, something radically different. This film's called Middle School: The Worst Years of My Life. Ditto. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Oh, they were so awkward. Yeah. Um, this is about an imaginative, quiet teenager called Rafe Kachadorian, who's tired of his middle school's obsession with the rules at the expense of any and all creativity. Des- desperate to shake things up, Rafe and his best friends have come up with a plan. Do you know what that plan is, Nate? No, why don't you tell me what it is? Break every single rule in the school and let the students run wild. So going back to the Birth of the Nation case, um, <laughs> that's horrible. Break every rule? Yeah. That kid needs to be locked up. He's yeah. a fucking schizophrenic. He is. Yeah, he, he needs help. He's, he's wild. He's Some rules are good, man. Yeah. I, I obeyed the rules and look where it got me. No, what? seriously, look where it got me. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Steve Carr. Uh, stars Lauren Graham. Uh, Griffin Gluck and Rob Riggle. So yeah, that's a good one if you want to go see it. Cool. Um, and finally, uh, which I'm really excited about, has an amazing trailer. I recommend 
there you go and see it. Um, it actually only has a limited release here in the US, I think from October 11th, so it's not quite this Friday. Uh, and it's Godzilla Resur uh, Resurgence, or as it's called in Japanese, Shin Gojira. Gojira. Shin Gojira. Uh, this is the Japanese version. Oh, damn. Actually, before I said the title, I was going to ask you, Nate. I'm going to read the logline and you tell me what film you think it is. Okay. Japan is plunged into chaos upon the appearance of a giant monster. Oh, shit. This is really stumping me. Yeah. Bugs Bunny? Close. Oh. Do you want one more guess? Uh, the Tasmanian Devil. Oh, I'm afraid you're wrong. Both times, it's Godzilla Resurgence. Fuck. Or as Fuck. it's called... <laughs> Damn it. As it's Shit. As it's called in Japanese, Shin Gojira. Uh, this is a Japanese version <laughs> That's directed the third time by... You've... Yeah. Could you tell us one more time? It's called in Japanese, Shin, Shin Gojira. Um, and here's a fact I didn't know. Which no, tell me. Maybe some of our tell me the fact, which some of our geeks might know. Okay. Uh, the word Gojira, uh -huh. the name of the the Godzilla, the beast, sure. uh -huh. um, comes from two Japanese words. Oh, Gorira, which means gorilla. Sure does. <laughs> okay, is that what? And Kujira, which, which means, means whale. I was not expecting that. <laughs> exactly, neither was I. But he is a. Uh, so he does, uh, you know, have yeah. some. He likes to swim. And well, uh, it was it was it was put that way because in the planning stage, uh, Godzilla was described as a cross between a gorilla and a whale, oh, <laughs> alluding to its cute. alluding to its size, power, and aquatic origin. Right. So I don't know if the the gorilla parts also maybe a sort of homage to King Kong. Mm. And that kind of giant mythical beast, right, right, destroying a city. But I mean, the way he's been depicted is more like a fat, incredibly large lizard. <laughs> um, the trailer for this looks amazing. I haven't seen, oh, okay. I haven't seen any of the Japanese um, Godzilla films. Have you? Um, I have, but like in the early '90s, when I was knee high to a grasshopper. Right. Okay. Uh. I recommend looking at the trailer for this one. There's no dialogue and it's just got a crazy kind of score that cool man hits all the beats. It's re it's really Dude, interesting. I check it's out. directed by uh, Hideaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi. I'm going to say all these names. It's also written by Hideaki Anno and it stars Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutaka Takenuchi, and Satomi Ishihara. So you don't need to change your like your the expression of your face while you make. Well, you read those <laughs> names, but... Um, no, I don't. Um, um, and uh, I just like to reissue... I just wanted to make sure you knew that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Your so eyes are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. I'd like to offer uh, my sincerest apology to uh, our good friend Tano Ishida and the beautiful nation of Japan. But I will be going to see this film, so... Absolutely. Um, so that's it. Movie releases. I'll quickly run over those again. The Girl on the Train, Birth of a Nation, Middle School, The Worst Years of My Life, and Godzilla Resurgence. Nate, we know what I'm going to see. What are you going to go see? Mm. Birth of a Nation. I'll probably go see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. So moving on, we've got game releases, um, which are generally for the 4th of October. So when you're listening to this, you can go and get these games. But I also mentioned a few that are coming out later in the week. I don't know any of these games, so here you go. Maybe you like them. Origami, coming out on PS4 and PC. Atari Flashback Classics, Volume 1 on Xbox One and PS4. And Atari Flashback Classics, Volume 2. They're releasing both volumes, same day. Uh, Atlas Reactor, coming out on PC. Rocksmith 2014 Edition, remastered on Xbox One and PS4. Shu, spelled S-H-U, uh, U, on PS4 and PC. Warhammer, The End Times, Vermin, Vermintide, Vermintide. 
on Xbox One and PS4. Wheels of Aurelia, Slain, Back from Hell, Syndrome, Be Glitched. Uh, an exciting one coming out on Friday on Xbox One, PS4 and PC. Mafia 3, which looks mm-hmm. really, really cool. Uh, Paper Mario Color Splash coming out on Wii U. And uh, WRC 6 coming out on Xbox One, PS4 and PC on Friday as well, October 7th. WRC, I'm thinking, is World Rally Championship. But I could be wrong. It could be white, really, color. Uh, one of those games, by the way, is not real. You do the homework and figure out which one it is. Exactly. So that concludes our movie releases. Moving on quickly, I'm going to go over last weekend's box office uh takings before Nate and I make our box office predictions for this week. So, our top 20. Coming at 20, we've got The Dressmaker uh, at 19. Normanches Frida uh, at 18. The Secret Life of Pets, which I still really want to see and I haven't seen. Uh, 17. Kubo and the Two Strings, which I want to see even more than The Secret Life of Pets. 16. Bad Moms. Have you seen that yet, Nate? No. Your still friend haven't. produced that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 15. Hell or High Water. 14, MS Donnie, The Untold Story. MS Donnie, isn't he a cricket player? I don't know. It's The Untold Story. 13, When the Bell Breaks. 12, Blair Witch, which I really want to see, but I'm not feeling very positive about after all the hype. 11, Suicide Squad. 10, Snowden. 9, Bridget Jones' Baby. 8, Don't Breathe. 7, Queen of Cutway. 6, Masterminds. Five, Sully. Four, Storks. Three, uh, here's our top three, The Magnificent Seven. At number two, Deepwater Horizon, the Mark Wahlberg film. Uh, And coming in at number one, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And that's uh, that's the cat and not Nate meowing. (laughs) Or is it Nate? So, Nate, there was a quick run through our current top 20. What do you predict for the top three this weekend? Uh... Um, I think that With, uh, um, our releases there. I think that the birth of a nation is going to take the number one spot. Um, then it's going to be um, <coughs> Deepwater Horizon and Magnificent Seven. So Miss Peregrine's, which is now at number one, is going to just fall off the face of the earth. Yes. Okay. Great. I'm going to say I'm going to go birth of a nation as well. Um, and then at number two, Miss Peregrine's will drop down and Deepwater will take number three. Gotcha, gotcha. So, that is pretty much it for today, folks. Um, you can uh, reach out to us by following us on YouTube at We Are Tessellate with two S's and two L's. Um, subscribe. Um Send us some questions or comments on the videos. Uh, you can also go on iTunes and download the Geeks podcast. Just type in We Are Tessellate. Uh, look for Geeks. Um, again, subscribe, rate us, leave comments. You can catch us on Twitter. I think at We Are Tessellate as well, where you can definitely leave us some questions or things to talk about or how much you don't like us or how much you do like us. Or uh, if you've got Nate uh, challenges for Nate with his new eyes, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, you can reach me. Pers- I, I, I am currently yes, I am currently accepting eyesight challenges. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I see it? Yeah, can it? Yeah. So that is an excellent challenge to to get on board with, um, and we'll get all those results back to you in the next podcast. You can find me um, 
on Instagram and Twitter um, at Alexander Chard. Nate, I know you've got a website where they can find you and your work. You can check it out at ghzfilms.com. Excellent. Don't forget this episode was sponsored by Stamps.com. Stamps. But not the podcast. No. No, no. Just us individually. <laughs> We're sponsored by Stamps.com. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Al, Tanro, Jessen, Adrian, they'll probably be joining us in the next week or so um, for a all-out big reunion podcast extravaganza. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, keep being you. We love you. Don't forget to be yourself, except when you're not. Yeah. Then be somebody else. And then be somebody else. All right. Geeks! Geeks!